Inflation's at a 40-year high, the market's feeling shaky, and we're just coming out of one of the biggest health scares of our lifetime. But let me share some good news. I'm Chris Herline, wealth manager and host of Wealth Radio on News Radio KLBJ. The successful families we work with at Reap Financial are still able to set their retirement dates with a high degree of confidence that they'll succeed. Want to know why they're so confident? Get your hands on our retirement planning checklist now. Just drop me an email, chris at wealthradio.com, and put checklist in the subject line. That's chris at wealthradio.com. Live and local, every afternoon, 2 to 4. This is Mark, Melinda, and Ed on News Radio KLBJ. Call or text them at 512 836 It's really beautiful to hear you speak the truth about things. Now, Mark, Melinda, and Ed. On a 1 to 10 scale, how do you rate this day, Melinda? I'm going to give it a 9 only because I'm inside and can't enjoy it. I would agree with that. I'm going to give it about a 4 because I worked on taxes this morning, property taxes, trying to shift money here, calling Melinda for a loan and for paying my property taxes, which are due uh, tomorrow. So, yeah, I, I wish her outside, though. It's a beautiful afternoon. Did she come through with a loan? Let's move on, Mark. Okay. Let's move on. We're friends, but apparently not that you great of friends. You can only loan money if you have money. Man, oh, man. <laughs> Thank you for joining us. Hope you're having a good day. You just heard it in the Fox News update. President Biden was on his way to a campaign event in Florida. He stopped for a moment outside of the White House to speak to the news media, and he told them he has decided what to do in terms of Iran and the strikes that killed U.S. forces. Joe, Joe, Joe. Oh, good. Well, we're glad to get that news. I saw a little bit earlier today where he also said he wasn't sure if the response that he now knows he'll do, if it'll be a deterrence or not. But, hey, he's all in. Uh, U.S. officials told ABC News that the response is going to be carried out over a course of several days in striking multiple targets. Well, the president also mm. said uh, he does hold Iran responsible in the sense that they are supplying the weapons to the people who did the attack on U.S. forces, killing three and injuring more than 40. He says, I do not think we need a wider war in the Middle East. That's not what I'm looking for. Well, I, you know, this is a time when he needs to get in the Oval Office and shut up. I don't, he needs to respond, but stop stumbling and bumbling and doing these teasers. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I will have to see what he's going to do. And quite frankly, as an American citizen, just go do it, Joe, without making it a political deal or saying, oh, I'm like Tarzan. I'm going to go get him. Should have Just already been done. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they're saying we've come to a decision on how we're going to respond, I'm seeing this most likely will be sanctions. Maybe they finally freeze the money. Mm -hmm. Maybe they do mm -hmm. some kind of sanctions. Uh, this way they don't see it as an act of war. Act of war. Politico says White House officials on the Biden team are stressing even as the U.S. is obligated to retaliate, there's little appetite for escalating the already tense situation in the Middle East. I don't know why everybody automatically jumps to, if we do anything, we're in war. I think you can send a very powerful message that says... This doesn't work for us. This is not to be tolerated. And this is how we respond when you attempt to take mm -hmm. out 
anything of ours. I, I, what you said earlier, Mark, and I think you spelled it out beautifully yesterday, the money. You know, shut off the money to Iran. Shut off their uh, exporting of oil. Do that. Hit them hit in the pocketbook, but also you got to hit them militarily to me. It's got to be a combination of both. This is interesting in this one part of this statement by the Biden team. We feel obligated to retaliate. What, what do you make of the word obligated? They'd rather not retaliate is, is what I take from that. Uh-huh, obligated. <laughs> to Tit me, it's, it's disrespectful in a sense. Um, they're saying they're only obligated because we had our service men and women die and they and several dozen wounded and so i think that's what they're saying we feel obligated because the american people won't stand for us not answering when it has cost american lives Uh, remember the president said to the media today at the white house i do not think we need a wider war in the middle east that's not what i'm looking for what are you looking for mr president what are you seeking yeah. What what do you want at this point? We've never really heard that no, from him. We we have not, but I think most presidents would have acted before this Melinda's right and they would have acted months ago after the first drone uh strike. But now and I don't like that we're obligated. I think it we have to since three American soldiers have lost their lives for our country, not for our administration, for our country mm-hmm. over there. So Uh, The Biden White House always looks at everything through a political lens. That's how they make every decision. You saw a story from NBC News about how the Biden political team is worried about eroding support among a key constituency, a group of voters that they absolutely must have for him to win, and that's African-American voters, and more specifically, young Young. African-American voters. And NBC seems to think... The young African-American voters are moving away from Biden because of his support for Israel. Yeah, it was a a pretty long article that was talking a lot about uh, Clyburn and how he was able to they they gave him props for bringing that young vote uh, to get Biden into office. And now they're saying, as we're speaking to the young um, African-American members, that they are saying we're more focused on Gaza. We're more focused on food deserts. They're more focused on the stuff that we hear a lot of progressives talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that that necessarily means they're not a vote for Biden. As one said, he'll reluctantly vote for Biden. They just are, like a lot of Americans are, just fed up at the two choices that we. it looks like we're going to have in 2024. They're looking for another option Mm -hmm. i don't know yeah that where are they going to go because historically they don't vote republican and all the stuff all the anti-trust trump stuff i don't know where they're going to go well i thought that was the hopeful part of the story is we know what historically y'all have told us that we have to vote this way Mm -hmm. we're not looking at it at that as that anymore we don't have to vote that way because you tell us to we're looking at how we choose to what's important to us well a lot of big city african-american voters are not going to be on the biden bandwagon because of the immigrants who are flooding their cities and i gave you chicago where already we've seen months and months ago african-american communities are saying wait 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 you're going to do this for them but you're not doing that for us that's supposed to be our money. This is our area. So there's a dis, 
enchantment with the Biden administration from the big city African-Americans. Well, and I like this part in here, sorry, Mark, that some of the students said they objected to what they see as transactional mentality from Biden, which is goodies in return of votes. Hey, we'll give you broadband. That means you got to vote for us. Hey, we're going to forgive your student loan. That means you got to vote for us. Hey, we're all in on the climate change. That means you got to vote for us. That gives me hope that they see it for what it really is. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. The City of Austin Parks and Recreation Department is now making national news. Uh, They have a brand new DEI coordinator for Parks and Recreation Department, Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. And this person recently sent out an email to all employees of the Parks and Recreation Department inviting them to attend anti-racist affinity spaces as part of the equity and inclusion program. Now, here's the thing that's making national news. There was one meeting for people of color, the other for white employees. And uh, nobody should mix at any time in these meetings. Once a month, every month, according to this new coordinator, for about two hours. Well, uh, some of the employees didn't like that segregated outlook, so they contacted media outlets, and now the city is backtracking and apologizing. Well, they should apologize because I believe, this is just me speaking, you need all the races together, black, brown, white, uh, all together to try to mend fences or get on the same page. When I think of the Austin Parks Department, are are they bringing stuff up, healing from racial trauma, part anti-racist affinity spaces, Healing from racial trauma. Do we have that problem in our city parks? Racial trauma in our city parks? Or is this just the this is the progressive way to, in some ways to me, even separate races even more by saying healing from racial trauma? The problem with the all of these departments that are trying to say we're coming together to be inclusive, they are doing everything but. They continuously try to pit one group against mm-hmm. another group, mm-hmm. whether it's gender, whether it's race, whatever. Uh, their quest for being inclusive is excluding a lot of people. And that's why a lot of people are not for having these type of organizations with or having these types of groups inside each of these organizations. The city government needs to do more than apologize. They need to get rid of that department. What's the need for it? I haven't heard overwhelmingly a lot of news stories coming out of the people that work for the city of Austin saying that this is going on. Uh-huh. That's, yeah. Here are the numbers. We'd like to hear your thoughts. 512-836-0590. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed, 212 at KLBJ. We always want to know what's on your mind. Text your comments or questions to the Smart Air Cooling and Heating text line at 512-836-0590. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. And you can stream the show live on your digital device via the free news radio KLBJ app. 216, thank you for joining us. Tate is here producing. If you're just touching base, among the stories we're discussing right now, President Biden says he's made a decision on what to do regarding that attack on U.S. military forces in Jordan. Three were killed. More than 40 were injured. The president did not elaborate on what he's decided to do. 
We're also talking about the City of Austin Parks and Recreation Department. The new Equity and Inclusion Coordinator invited employees to attend anti-racist affinity spaces, one for people of color, a separate one for white employees. This would be once a month where they would get together for about two hours and go through the program. And uh, then there were employees, apparently, who reached out to the media, leaked these emails, and said, we're not happy with what's going on. And now the leadership at Parks and Recreation is backtracking, saying that these programs have been canceled. Again, it needs to be more than a backtrack. This was, I I don't know if this was a newly created department within the city of Austin, but this was a new hire Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. hasn't been worried. This seems to be the first act of this person. They need to be gone. That is unacceptable. Is there a problem within our parks? Do our citizens feel unsafe? Do they feel like they're being treated unfairly? I have not heard that, Mark. I've not heard of this that people of color have felt treated poorly in our city parks or in municipal golf courses, that sort of thing. But we have a full-time employee, equity and inclusion coordinator. So I think this is just a part of following the nationwide trend. And ironically, you know, the Texas legislature acted on this by limiting it from college campuses. So I've scratched my head at separating the races to try to come together, all white meeting, all black meeting, all brown meeting. Well, we don't know if this person uh, got approval to send this out before doing so. Well, one of the versions that I read said it was an email that was unvetted by anyone. It just was written by this individual and then sent. And I guess we're okay with that until it's found out and then they have to go, oh, no, why did you do that? Why aren't we looking at this kind of stuff before it gets sent out? Yes, and... uh the higher-ups at Parks and Recreation decided to bring this person on board. What's their job description? Mm -hmm. Why did you bring them on board? You had to anticipate this is the kind of thing that would be happening. You brought this person in for a reason. Why? Uh, I think they owe everybody an explanation. If they quickly put the kibosh on this and said, we're not going to do this, well, what is this person supposed to do? What's the purpose of the department and what and what are they supposed to do? What what are their job requirements moving forward? What are you expecting them to, to do and, and turn into the city every month to say this is successful, we need to keep it going? 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. Uh, this is a report that says some Americans are now looking to buy older cars that don't have all of the electronics in them. Because the newer models with the electronics are so expensive to repair. Insurance has been going up and up and up. It's been going through the roof all over the country. And so uh, this story says people are looking for the older cars, which are less expensive to repair and less costly to insure. Yeah. The more electronics you have in your car, the more expensive it is when they break and you have to repair them. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't blame people for holding on to their quote-unquote dumb cars mm-hmm. or seeking that out, especially when you're talking about the repairs being higher and car insurance higher by 20%, 20%. over last year. Yeah. That's unbelievable. People are looking at that, and that's even with new electric vehicles. If you 
need a repair part for a Tesla or some electric vehicle, it's going to wallop you. If you have some type of accident, it's going to wallop you because, yeah, I, I don't, I think people are just being frugal. They're being, make a lot of common sense to say, do I really need all the new devices? Some people like all the new bells and whistles with all the things they have, but other people said, I can live without that by taking my kids to school or me driving to work. Well, this cost of uh, car insurance is just one of many, many things that are now crushing family budgets. Home insurance, mm -hmm. car insurance, the grocery store bills. And that's one of the reasons why Biden's numbers look so dismal at this point, why he has such high negative numbers. Yeah, and for some reason, I, I don't know if their hope is if we continue to go out there and say the economy is well, they're not getting the part about we don't look at the economy the same way they look at the economy. We look at what, what is happening to our budgets, to our bank accounts, to our, our pocketbooks. We're not looking at the, well, such and such grew over whatever percent of time. If it's not reflecting in prices that we pay day to day, the economy's bad in our eyes. Mm -hmm. The New York Times is saying the main super PAC for President Biden has announced they're going to spend a quarter of a billion dollars on advertising for his reelection. It will start in the summer and run right up to election day. This is TV and digital, $250 million in advertising. Well, I'm sure there's there's going to be, I would probably say 80% of that is going to be Trump, 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 and about 20% trying to you know, fade all the Bidenomics. It's working. The Bidenomics are maybe for targeted parts of the, uh, parts of the country. But I think we know the, the game plan is just Trump, 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 Trump. There was an article last week that was discussing how homes making with an, a combined income of about 200000 are from paycheck to paycheck. And we're hearing all kinds of different income levels living paycheck to paycheck. It's difficult to stomach that amount of money going towards ads. I don't understand it. Who really watches ads anymore or... or Influenced by them, yeah. Well, and how are they going to spend? I know they said TV, I, I'm guessing, so, and then uh, on the digital side, digital is probably going to get you more return digital will for get your the money. Young people, yeah. But when you're talking about that amount of money, it's almost a slap in the face to, to just the average Joe. You're going to spend that on advertising when the rest of us or, you know, trying to stretch a dollar as far as we can, and it's not going very far. And the vast majority of it will be spent in seven states. Mm. And we, we're not one of them. We, no, we're never seeing Joe Thankfully, Biden. we're not one of those. Yeah. But it's the seven key battleground states. This is a record amount of spending by a political action committee. I would love to see the numbers on that. Are they getting return for their money? Are they getting how many how many of their ads results in a vote that wasn't voting for them already? How many of them go, "Ooh, I saw that insert politician here's ad. I'm voting for them now." Mm -hmm. Well, it's it's part of a strategy that has many ways of attacking Trump. This is one lane they're going to use. Another is lawsuits. They call it lawfare. They have an entire strategy planned of multiple ways to go after Trump and defeat him in 24. I really wish they would just take all that money out of politics and we could get the sincerity of the actual politicians. You're never going to get and that. And not, yeah. you know, whoever decides 
they have the deepest pockets and this is the person they want to support, so they're putting all their money behind them. Capital Metro's board says it is going to spend $20 million on expanding the bicycle program here in Austin. Uh, This is buying electric bicycles, and then you've got to have docking stations, charging facilities, etc., $20 $20 million for this program here in the city of Austin. Uh, Mark, this to me is targeted for people who will use these downtown, who will who will get on these downtown Austin and around the university area and tourists. Because I don't, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a bit older, the demographics are older, but do we really need to spend $20 million on these bicycles and who in their right mind, let me just say this, with all due respect, who in their right mind would ride a electric bicycle on any major thoroughfare in this town, especially downtown Austin? Again, I think this is for the tourist. It's for the people who live downtown and maybe the UT students who regularly say, yeah, I'll throw caution in the wind. Get me on this electric bike. I don't get it. It's Seems like our priorities are askew. Oh, very much so. If this is a top priority, they're saying we have about 24,000 riderships. And so that equates to $20 million needs to be invested now. I, I don't understand that. And did we not just recently talk about these electric bikes and the issues that are coming up with them in regards to the harm it's doing to the people that are riding it or they're just blowing up because of the battery catching fire? Uh, it, it, this is for tourists. This is for tourists and people who live downtown. That's all it is, in my opinion, because I don't think anybody, I, I've not seen many rented electric bikes in my neighborhood or any neighborhood in this town. Well, Capital Metro says when you look into the future, once light rail is finished, that people will ride light rail and then they'll get one of these electric bikes and take the electric bike to their destination. That's what they're aiming at here. Good luck. With uh, stations all over the metro area and hundreds of these electric bicycles. The breeze will be blowing through your hair. (laughs) The sun will be shining Uh on your face. Birds will be singing. At 112 degrees, they're going to be like, give me a bike. 112 (laughs) degrees and you better have a... Better buy a really solid helmet. Capital Metro says they started the bicycle program in 2012. They started with 10 stations and 100 bicycles. Now they claim they're getting 24,000 rides a month on their bicycle program. And they say that kind of demand warrants spending $20 million Uh. to replace the current fleet of bicycles, which is 800 with all electric bicycles. Again, I, I would better bet you draw a circle around downtown Austin, and that's where all these riders are going to be, and they're living downtown, and they're riding it to a short-term destination. I can see that. If there's if I live on one of those high-rises and there's a bike station outside, I may ride that reluctantly down the street instead of walking or something like that, and the same thing with UT. All right, 512-836-0590. Get in here and join the discussion. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed, 228 at KLBJ. Enjoy the podcasts of Mark, Melinda, and Ed at your convenience. You'll find them on NewsRadioKLBJ.com. 231, Tate is here producing. So good to have you with us. James wants to weigh in on the story we're discussing about Capital Metro saying it's ready to spend $20 million to expand the electric bicycle program. 
Hi, James. Welcome. How are you? Hey, Mark. Good to be on. Long-time listener, first-time caller. Uh, you know, just looking at what the city's proposing, uh, it's just that classic instance of the next cash grab for these metropolitan areas. I mean, $20 million, $20 million of the taxpayers' dollars, and it could be going to more resourceful programs like tackling the city's homelessness and not focusing on these downtown tourist uh, cash grabs, such as replacing uh, these electrical bicycles. I mean, we already have them downtown, and we already have these uh, scooters, these bird scooters, and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, private companies run those. Yeah, I just think it's an unnecessary waste. But you got to realize, Capital Metro, as you probably know, James, is flush with money. You know, they are flush with money. They're looking to spend the money any way they can. Exactly, yeah. James, do you spend much time in the downtown area these days? No, I try to stay away. It's gotten such a mess down there. Uh, you know, I try to stay outside the city limits. Uh, it's just it's just what you see on the violence on 6th Street and, and crime and whatnot. The city has just done a horrible job at taking care of stuff like that. And instead, they're focusing on uh, these electric bikes. This is a feel-good deal to me, James. This is part of the big plan. Uh, as we've seen the last three and a half years of the Biden administration, green energy, everybody get an electric car, everybody get on a bicycle. We've got this harebrained Project Connect that is a fraction of what it was when we voted for it. It's ridiculous. And they're just trying to throw stuff, as much stuff down our throats. And quite frankly, I don't think these electric bikes are very safe. Well, and you're right, and you make a point, good point there. Isn't there something more green called riding a regular bicycle? Pedal power, <laughs> yes. It's yeah, better exactly. for your health. <laughs> exactly. All right, James, thank you. Have a good one, sir. Thank you all. You all take care. Thank you. You too. And F- I'm curious, are, are, are people downtown fighting for access to these bikes and no. having to stand in long lines waiting for it that they said, you know what, yeah, this looks like we need to invest about $20 million to. Mel- Melinda, I promise you, Saturday mornings and Sunday mornings and probably Fridays starting at noon, you will see tourists. You'll see the, uh, what do you call it, the uh, parties that, uh, wedding parties, what do you call that? Oh, the bachelorette. Bachelorette parties. Oh, you'll see those drunk girls on these bicycles driving down towards South Congress looking for their next bar. Oh, yeah, it's really safe. It's just, that's, this is what we're targeting, I think. And again, those people who live downtown, a lot of them will get on one of these e-bikes and go. But somebody living in Northwest Hills, Hyde Park. Uh, Southwest Austin, Northeast Austin, you're going to go get on an electric bike and run Berg and traverse over I-35? Uh-uh. You live west of of Mopac, maybe uh, out there in Westlake? Uh-uh. You're not going to do that. 512-836-0590. The school board in Stamford, Connecticut has voted to remove Veterans Day as a school holiday. They're also removing Columbus Day from their calendar as a regular school holiday. This will start in the 24-25 school year. As I was reading this, I did not see the reason as to why. Why are you removing any holidays? Um, what, what, what are you gaining by removing holidays? Well, I, read- I, I didn't see anything in here that says we need more time at school. All I read was the district's current calendar is too long. And that shortening would be a better education, better educationally for students. That's all I saw. Well, if it's too long, going two days doesn't sh- shorten it by anything. It sure doesn't, does it? It sure does not. 
It's history. It's Veterans Day, for goodness sakes. When, what a better time to teach students about veterans who gave their life for the country. But, you know, I just... Well, that's what the proponents of canceling the holiday are saying. We're going to have them in school that day. Learning. And we'll talk to them about veterans in the military. Well, well, you follow through and do that. I don't know if they'll do that or not, Mark. Fat chance they'll do that. But if you you do that and do special things at your school to honor veterans, sure. But I don't know if they'll do that or not. I'm just curious, as you're looking at the school day calendar and you're like, we need to have kids in school more days, why do you go to cutting some of these holidays instead of cutting, you know, three days of just, oh, we have we have time in the spring. <laughs> Let's just take three days here. Right, right. Well, uh, they're starting to hear criticism from the Italian-American residents of Stamford, Connecticut, which this story says has one of America's largest populations of Italian-Americans, and the veterans community is pushing back as well on this decision. 512-836-0590. Mark is calling at 237 with comments on Capital Metro preparing to spend $20 million on electric bicycles. Hi, Mark. Welcome. How are you? Good afternoon. I think Ed's really on point on this. First of all, we don't need it. It's unnecessary. The other thing is there's a lot of things that are involved with this that I don't think they're looking at. Number one is the liability. The other companies are private, but this is a, a city-owned uh, company. First of all, are they going to provide helmets for these people? These bicycles move a lot faster than regular bikes do, 30 to 35 miles an hour. Uh, what happens if somebody gets hit on one or they hit something on one or hit somebody else and they don't have any training? I mean, are they going to hold the city liable? I think this is just a big big uh, uh, problem to, to begin with. I see a lot of liabilities here. And this is a municipal, municipal employee thinking who's probably paid a nice big chunk of change from Capital Metro saying, what can I do to justify them? What can I do? Well, here's $20 million. Let's buy all electric bikes. We are the world. We are the people. We're just like Amsterdam. We are, everybody's going to be on a bike. Remember when Steve Badler and the Princess of Norway <laughs> or Holland were, were on a bike riding around? I'd uh, rather not. <laughs> Please don't remind well, me that, of that. Yeah, that happened. So uh, yes. That's the narrative. Mark, yeah, you have a good point, though, today. Thank you. Thank you, Mark. You have a good one. 512-836-0590. You can weigh in with your thoughts. Yesterday in this hour, we told you about the updated report, how uh, 1,200 employees of that U.N. Gaza Relief Agency were actually members of Hamas and the Palestinian Islamic Jihad. Today, Representative Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is demanding that President Biden restore U.S. funding to that U.N. agency immediately. Are you kidding me? Wait a minute. Have you not read the fine print, Congresswoman? They were involved in the brutal and vicious and surprise murders of men, women, and children. They were there at that music festival raping women, AOC, and all sorts of hellacious of activities. And you want... Give the funding back? Mm-hmm. Immediately. Well, Immediately. This afternoon. Her reasoning was, there's 13,000 employees there. Are you really going to take the money away because 12 people uh, did this? I mean, to which any common sense person would go, it's okay that 12 people and an organization that we give money to did this you're supposed to continue to give money to this not to mention the report also said about 50 percent of the staff 
have relations or ties into Hamas. And so instead of calling for the funding to be restored to this agency, why not call for how can we get this aid to them in another way that doesn't involve an organization that is corrupt? Or Hamas, release all hostages immediately, raise a white flag, and let's put an end to this. You're the ones that could make it happen this mm-hmm. afternoon. Yep. Yes, they could. They could release the hostages, stop all hostilities. And, yeah, that's when you could restore it then. Here are the numbers, 512-836-0590-241, News Radio, KLBJ. Mark, Melinda, and Ed are on your radio at 99.7 FM or 590 AM. Now, here are Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Thanks a lot for joining us. It is 2.43. Tate is here producing. Andy is calling on the report that AOC is demanding the United States restore funding immediately to that U.N. agency in Gaza, where uh, authorities say some of their members took part in the October 7th terror attacks, and 1,200 members, employees of the U.N. agency, are members of Hamas, or Palestinian Islamic Jihad, Andy, welcome. How are you this afternoon? I'm, I'm just curious. I'm fine. I'm just curious about what AOC uh, view would be of the January 6th insurrection and uh, how many people should be disciplined or have their rights restored for being now charged with criminal trespass. How, how many people should have uh, their businesses and the losses that they experienced because they were incarcerated for, what, a year and a half without being charged? Uh, how, how many of those people do you think should have their lives restored at the government's expense? Do you think any? She would say zero. Uh, yes, she would. You know, so now we know where her where her real uh, loyalties lie. Doesn't doesn't uh, lie with American people who went to protest and something got out of hand. Uh, no, no, those guys need to be disciplined and with more severity than people who were participating in the murder, the rape, the pillage. Uh, the burning, the torture of men, women, and children. It seems like it's some it, religious she, fervor. Yeah, she's on the wrong side. This is two days in a row that congresswomen, members of the squad, have been on the wrong side. What was a congresswoman yesterday okay, said? Okay. Somalia but first. Nice, that is nice enough to say she's on the wrong, wrong side. She's on the side of murderers, rapists, and terrorists. And she is a congressperson in the United States. Andy, thank you. Thanks, have Andy. a good one. What were you saying? Say that again, Two please. Two days in about- a row, you had AOC, it, it appears, siding with Hamas. And then yesterday you had what's... Omar. Omar siding with... Saying said, the I'm, Somalian president's uh, my president. Yeah, I'm Somalia first. I'm on Team Somalia first and America second, which was disgusting. You didn't hear that? Uh, Mark's face is like... Yeah. His no, no, jaw no, no, no. just dropped. <laughs> I did not... Maybe America I, was third or fourth. I did not hear her say America's anywhere on her list. Well, I just assume America no, She would be just on said the list. Somalia Somalian president won. was her president. Her president yeah. Um, and now, speaking of that, I saw the Republicans are saying we need to deport her. Is she here illegally? I don't think so. I, no, I would not that I know. I imagine she of. could be holding her office if she was. She's so that's not. A little she's ridiculous. an American, and she's just foolish. Just foolish. You're in the United States Congress. You represent the people of your district. They're Americans. You're an American, and how dare you say I'm Team Somalia? All right, five one Somalia five one two eight three six zero five ninety. The Wall Street Journal is reporting that UPS 
says it's going to cut 12,000 jobs and it's going to require that people who work in offices get back to the office, really get in the office, five days a week. And they say, we're not kidding. Yeah, the part that caught my attention in this said it was the resentment from the drivers and the warehouse workers that have worked in person Mm -hmm. all along, didn't get to work from home, and they're sitting there going, why do these people get to? It just reminds me a lot of when we had the city of Austin and the city manager made the great call, everybody's coming back. He later went against that and said, never mind. But you think about all of the people with the city of Austin. They never got a choice. They had to drive in, even if the, in the most uncertain time right. of COVID. They were having to drive in and do their job. And here we are, uh, years out of COVID, and you still have people working at home. Uh, the UPS CEO says, we're making these changes to become more efficient and more productive. Package delivery business was down in the fourth quarter of the year. And the CEO says, even if our business comes back, we're not going to be rehiring 12,000 people that we're about to cut. It's all about the bottom line. So I got no problem with it. Sorry, somebody's going to lose their job, but you can find other jobs or plenty of jobs available, but it's just business. It's bottom line business. But we are starting to see a lot of companies, and I consider UPS to be a large company, and we see, especially in the tech sector, that are eliminating jobs yeah, tech sector right now, Austin, yeah. which to me, I know we have a lot of job openings, but when you're seeing more and more companies start to lay off people, that's not the, a sign that the economy is at its best. No, it is certainly not. And uh, the Biden campaign folks don't like to hear these kinds of stories. They're counting on uh, a very sunny outlook by the time, say, August, September rolls around of next year. Yeah. 512-836-0590. A teacher down in the Houston area tried to break up a fight in a middle school and ended up hitting his head against a brick wall inside of the middle school. Thankfully, it said that he had minor injuries. I liked and I appreciated. Finally, we see a school district that said, we suspended the two students. Uh, we Good. are going to do an investigation. They didn't say for how long they were suspended, but they they didn't hesitate. They sent their booties home. And it wasn't he, he hit his head, not because he tripped in it. It said he was trying to break up the fight. And I'm sure one of the combatants pushed him or shoved him or an effort to Get him away. Hit his head against that wall. This happened in the hallway as they were changing classes. The teacher was evaluated by the campus nurse who said he had a minor injury and sent him home. So uh, the school district put out a statement saying, as always, we encourage students and parents to report any safety concerns to our staff. Report any safety concerns. I'm sure it fighting happens in the every hall. day. Yeah. Well, concerns. and that's what we're hearing is there's fighting going on all of the time, whether it's in the halls, in the classrooms, in the lunchroom. There is a fight on a campus every single mm-hmm. day that is occurring. I appreciate you finally have a school district that says, yeah, we'll home. walk the, the walk. We say we don't tolerate this. We're suspending you. Yeah, we talked yesterday on the show between four and six how two new surveys of teachers and superintendents indicate fights and bad behavior are the top issue that face teachers right now across America. This kind of behavior, this is this surpasses 
learning loss, teacher pay, this is number one. 512-836-0590. Mike is in North Austin with Mark, Melinda, and Ed. Mike, welcome. How are you? I'm pretty good. It's a nice sunny day. Yeah, it's beautiful. I just wanted to, yeah, I, I just wanted to comment on work from home for the city of Austin. Yes. And, you know, the, the quality of the answers and timing of the answers when you call 311 is very different when you have people working from home. It takes them forever when they don't know something or when they're unsure. And whereas when the people are working in the office and you have a question, they don't know. They lean over the side of the cubicle and talk to somebody and get the answer. Have you had personal experience with that, Mike, recently? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Many times. What 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 kind of situation was it? Yeah, what kind of calls? Oh, um, gosh. I was checking my water meter reading. Okay. And um, you're supposed to be able to do it online, but it's hard to find what the exact meter reading is. They come up with an estimate, and that's one of the things. The second thing was, I still haven't gotten an answer, was connecting to the Austin Energy app. And it keeps sending me to COA Utilities. City of Austin. But it doesn't connect with the... With the uh, energy uh, readings from the solar panels. Mm. So I'm still working on that. <laughs> well, uh, good luck with all that. Mike, thank you. Have a good day, sir. 512-836-0590. The Wall Street Journal also has a story today. The headline reads, Why Defense Contractors Are Saying No to Their Biggest Customer, Which Is the Pentagon. And it says uh, this is not just uh, a case of one contractor, but it seems to be somewhat of a growing trend that they're saying no to Pentagon business. Yeah, what I could gather from reading this was that it's basically the way that the Pentagon does business. In the past, perhaps they were going with it because it was a, a structure where the Pentagon would say, okay, we're going to do these cost plus contracts and we will cover unexpected expenses Mm -hmm. or if a problem emerges, the Pentagon will cover it. And now it seems as though they're going to contracts where they're like, we're not responsible. If you mess up something, it's on you. And so these businesses that are doing the work for the Pentagon are saying, we're taking a huge hit, a huge Mm -hmm, loss from that, and we're not willing to put our money up for it anymore. Yeah, they call them fixed price contracts. We agree up front, everybody signs it, that is the deal. And these companies are saying, no thank you. What do you make of it, Ed? Well, uh, I think they're just being prudent because if you have these, uh, these contracts, they're locked in. And if they're unexpected costs down the line, you're going to absorb the, absorb them, and that uh, hits your uh, income on that. Yeah, I, I see. But to me, that's the smarter way for the Pentagon to work because it says, "Listen, here's agreed agreed upon time, mm-hmm. and, and, we're, and I, you're making the assumption that they are bidding." on this contract saying this is how much time it's going to take and this is our projected cost and then whatever they put in to make of a profit. What's so wrong with holding them to that? 512-836-0590. News is next. Much more to cover with you. It's Mark, Melinda, and Ed. 
Dr. Mark Malone from Advanced Pain Care on how the spinal cord stimulator blocks pain signals, bringing patients relief at last. And we're able to tune this device to mimic that frequency and essentially block it. I've seen people shed tears of joy in the recovery room when they wake up from their light anesthesia and we turn this device on and they realize their back pain is gone. They cry for joy. Advanced Pain Care at 512-244-4272 or austinpaindoctor.com.